hopefully our equipment works correctly yeah. this time. So, cheers. That's well, funny. I was making a deliberate effort to keep our our beverages hidden. But, but the branding's spot on with the yellow oh, and the yeah, orange. Oh, yeah, it looks so. real nice. Mm, yeah. Might as well put it out there. Sure. Um, welcome to the Conspiracy Dad podcast. My name is Dante, um, joined by my co-host and good friend, Dave. Yeah. How you doing, Dave? Really glad to be here. Yeah? Yeah. Hope that didn't. I hope that came off as sincere. It was sincere. I, that, I, yeah. I believe you uh, more so. The, the with you said it with your eyes. Oh, you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean your voice was so so, but I you really have, delivered. I have tried to communicate to instructors recently, like really try and give them a look, like I'm listening. And I did it so hard the other day that the instructor was like, "Are you all right?" <laughs> I, like, I just am trying to communicate to you that I'm paying attention to what you're saying. I'm not distracted. That's funny. So I thought you were going to say you tried to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> that happened too. But, I got to dial it back uh, yeah. just a little bit. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everybody out there. It's good to have you here, Dave. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I don't know what episode we're on. Do you recall? Is this uh, it's about 17. 17? Yeah, I think that's um, right. Yeah, we, we, I meant to talk about this last time, but we had talked about a while back. We'll do the dad advice, but also I thought it'd be good to like recall the why. Like, yeah. why are we yeah. doing this? Um, obviously, it's to be famous and rich. Totally. But, <laughs> but not really. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The... Uh, it's a lot of fun to do this, to have these conversations, to uh, force yourself to engage in dialogue with a friend and uh, explore ideas. And I, I really, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but when I thought we should start this podcast, it really was like a way to journal. And for like, as a dad, like I think my, for my kids, mm -hmm. my kids, like one day, I don't know, 50, 100 years from now, grandkids could even be, could like go back and watch yeah, you know, oh, this is what Dad thought about all these wacky ideas, totally. and yeah. maybe they won't. Maybe no one will ever watch this or care. I don't know, but <laughs> that's also a totally possible. We're doing yeah. our part in that we are documenting this time on this planet and our thoughts. Sarah's grandmother is a hundred years old, and over the last eighteen months, I've gotten more and more into history, and it's pretty cool to ask her about, like for instance, uh. She grew up in the Bay Area, like from, I mean, early 1900s up till now. Excuse me. Um, being able to talk to her about some of the civil rights movement in Berkeley mm -hmm. and the way that city was transformed, you know, like from, uh, you know, let's say just after World War One, excuse me, World War Two. Up into the 60s, that's when we had kind of this mass migration of like the African-American population working their way from the south into more of the metropolis, major mm -hmm. metropolis areas, which then kind of led into the civil rights movement. And then um, Berkeley and Oakland had such a issue with one of their movements that like the National Guard came in. And yeah, hearing, I remember reading about that. Yeah, hearing Sarah's grandmother talk about her and her dad seeing tanks go down their neighborhood street mm -hmm. which i mean used to be one of these like you could sleep out on your porch on a summer night type places um and now there's heroin addicts just lying around everywhere <laughs> i'm not saying that's directly related to the migration of african-americans my point being 
having some perspective of somebody that was like there during that time that lived it and that actually cared to spend time talking about it was really rewarding. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, we should bring her on the podcast. Do you think she? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I mean no, but it is that idea. Like maybe like it'd be nice to just put a a camera and a Mm -hmm. mic up and say, "Tell us those stories." You know, she's one of the few. You ever have you ever asked somebody that's older about a relevant Mm -hmm. historical event and they don't seem that engaged? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I've had that happen where I ask my parents are one where I'll go, you, hey, do you remember the Kennedy assassination? What do you think about that? Was that pretty wild? And they're like, hmm. well, I mean, yeah, he got shot. And you go, yeah, but I, then after that, people started raising questions. Did that ever seem strange to you? Or well, no, mostly I just uh, <laughs> went back to TGNY. And... I think that was by design. That's that reaction. Well, yes, yeah. you're right. They're they're probably part of the vast majority but it's it's just odd when when somebody like if you're pursuing some kind of if you're onto a topic and you're really ate up with it and then you go to somebody that lived through that time and you go like that didn't blow your mind like how you're you are with ufos right now how is anybody able to do anything but yes research ufos 30 40 years from now maybe one of your nephews will come to you and go hey back in 2020 when UFOs started being a thing, was that just blowing your mind? You'll be like, I was the only I one. I was that telling cared. everybody. <laughs> Listen, nobody seemed to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought it'd be good to. Uh, what is it? Nietzsche says, "With a great enough why, I can accomplish anyhow." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to get through this podcast. <laughs> is remembering why? Why we do it? We yeah. do it for the kids. We do it for the grandkids. But I think it's important. I would encourage anybody out there. That's one of the great things about our time is if you thought about doing a podcast or uh, any. Any way to digitally um, document your mm-hmm. thoughts and what's going on. We are living in this unbelievable time. I mean, yeah. I think there's stuff coming down the pike that's going to really shake it up a bit. <laughs> I mean, with regards to the UFO stuff, mm-hmm. uh, with regards to, uh, I think there's a lot of mass hypnosis going on. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of uh, government psyops going on, and there's a lot of wars going on. There's a lot of things happening in the world that yeah. it's like when you, I always say it's like when you're in a river and you're going with the current, when you're with the current, you have you don't have a concept of how sure. fast you're moving until you start to move back upstream. And this is what I think we do in these dialogues is move back upstream a bit and you can quickly see like, guys, this we're really clicking along here. Like this is, you know, we, we had the the Wright brothers a hundred years ago on a beach and now we got UFOs flying over, mm-hmm. you know, stuff is escalating quickly. Yeah. And so in the scope of human existence, uh, back to my cosmic lottery hypothesis idea, we just happen to be the luckiest. We just happen to be luckier yeah. than any guys who've ever lived in the history of the world <laughs> for as far as we can see into space. We just yeah. happen to be that lucky, which uh, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, great. You know? It is wild to think of periods in history a few hundred years ago where it's like, well, you could have just as likely been born on a farm in Ireland. Yeah. You could have dug up a few potatoes and that was kind of the whole story of you. You might have got kicked by a mule in the head, and then that's the end, and that—that's it. You didn't even know 
that there was you didn't even know there were other civilizations civilizations you maybe never learned to read interdimensional creatures yeah popping in None and out of, of our existence your mind. yeah you know about mules you know about potatoes and you know but they about say, do say rocks. ignorance is bliss I, I bet it was a pretty simple I think there's some truth to that yeah. too yeah well anyway uh tonight i'm wearing my uh vacay shirt Pretty Don Johnson. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're technically on vacation right oh. now. We got back uh, to this morning from uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, home of yeah. Sam Walton and the uh, <laughs> the the Walton you know, tycoon. I don't know what you want to call Walt it. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn. Like the, it was a beautiful. It's a beautiful city. Um, lots of family friendly stuff, but it's like everybody worships this Sam Walton. I'm not a fan of worshiping any people. Any guy, um, there's very few people that I'm like, like, oh, like elder worship is just not a good idea, yeah. in my opinion. And I was a little bit like they played it a little too hard. Like the Did you go to like a museum? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We went to the Walmart Museum and they had a literal like hologram, interactive hologram of him where people can ask him questions and it plays back like he's standing right in front of you. Um I just, I don't know. Was Walmart a good, net good or a net bad for America? That's the question. Because I'm looking at it going, yeah, I like that things are cheap. I liked it a lot. But then, yeah, you gutted the middle class though. And you like pretty much ran every, you know, shop. Yeah. I, I'm torn because right. I also believe in competition. I don't think, well, mm. he, essentially, I think he just did things better than everyone else and took over the right. entire country or world. But, but, uh. You're right. It's that same idea of like Amazon, kind of the equivalent of like, yeah, you know, well, that's the well, new... they're an evil corporation, but it doesn't stop me from being I'm not a prime saying member. they're an evil. I don't like to go down that road. Yeah. Like, I've, you know, Peterson talks about that. Don't, don't uh, demonize your ideals and like, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm really not a fan of looking at wealthy or successful people and, oh, they're just, you know, screw oh, the rich sure. kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some of the things that Sam Walton would say, you know, I think one of his catchphrases was sell them, sell them cheap and stack them high or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's this completely materialistic kind of like, like, are we better off with all the cheap crap? Is that, has that made our lives better? Has it made us better human beings or has it yeah. made us worse human beings? Mm-hmm. Has it all been made on the backs of, you know, cheap labor all around the world that probably didn't get compensated very well for their, you know, time. Mm-hmm. I just think all those things should be considered when you're looking at like, was this, you know, guy a great person or was he maybe not a great person or somewhere in the middle? I don't know. What are your thoughts on the uh, exploitation of <laughs> cheap, cheap labor and There's cheap goods? exploitation, but then am I, Maybe I'm way off. This is, I think, uh, to your point, the benefit of these podcasts is the exercise of going through this because I didn't give this mm-hmm. a lot of thought until just now. But when you said, well, the exploitation of you know labor from foreign countries, I thought, well, what else are they doing? I mean, there's That's some always argument, the argument is, is that <laughs> if you take away all those Chinese uh, indentured servitude positions, then they got nothing. Right. So then you think, I mean, well, maybe it's not a fair price for their labor but it's a price. It's not nothing. So yeah, and if you even said like, well, what if he? Uh, so you're getting a deal. Like you know, you're getting goods at a ridiculously low price, mm-hmm. and you know it has to be because of the massive amount of cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And you, even if you said, 
I'm Sam Walton. You know what? I'm going to pay them four times the price of this because I want to, they, they deserve more than that. Mm-hmm. Is that money going to go to the workers? No, it's going to go to the communist party. Yeah, and right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there might be no win-win yeah. for the American interaction in that situation because yeah, you pull out and they got no customers. Mm. Even when you interact with them, the core problem would probably still be the, the communist state. And mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they're not able to run a ethical company in general. Right. The Chinese. Yeah. Or any any other manufacturers. I don't know. Um, but you know, this country was full of hardware stores and grocery stores and like lots of hardworking middle class people that you know, those jobs are gone. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's pushed us all into a position where we all are just uh hustling our entire lives just to pay the bills. Yeah. What resonates with me the most is this thought of like, how much do we need a lot of the cheap crap that's in Walmart? Mm-hmm. There's, that, there's that, not to knock on Amazon again, because yeah, I agree. I don't, are they an evil corporation? I don't necessarily think that's the case. A lot of jobs provided. You mm-hmm. know, there are people that buy those Amazon routes Rowan, that nice. uh, I think are really happy to be doing it, to own their own business. Um, but uh, there's that Amazon spot with the dude that puts the horse head, like the mask on, and he walks by the window of the coffee shop for the girl he's trying. He just, it's just a, like a young guy and he puts a, uh, mask on. That's like a horse. Uh-huh. Head, and he walks by this <laughs> coffee shop and kind of dances around like a horse and waves to the girl that's working the counter to get her attention. And the, it's like, like a quote text pops up. And it's like a quote supposed to be from the young guy that's dancing around with the horse head. And it says like, you know, why not get a horse head to which as a grouchy dad, I'm like, cause because it's you don't nonsense. Need it. <laughs> you mean now I got to pick up a horse head every time I come home because <laughs> just because it was there to buy. That's crazy. That does kind of capture the American Yeah, uh, I got situation. one. Why not? Yeah. I mean, most of our homes are full of stuff oh, we don't need. So, you know how much. Here's, you're on here's record. Some bad you're on advice. record. <laughs> I throw away at least two or three things a day that belong to my kids. I've not been caught once. Yeah, no, never once has my daughter gone. Hey, okay, have you seen th- my... yeah, this is good dad advice yeah. right here. What, what, what? How do you do it? And then I'll tell you how I do it. Okay. <laughs> so usually, maybe this is coming from. A, I I don't think you should parent from a spiteful place, but I do think it does let off some steam. So if you know if you step on a Lego, just pick it up, just throw and it away, throw it away, yeah. and that makes you feel a little. Better. And then you don't have to yell at your kid about the it's, Lego because it's not a problem it's anymore. It's useless to yell at them about picking up that Lego. They're not going to remember to pick it up next week. They're not going to remember to pick it up next month. But you can fix that problem forever if you just throw it away. And if they do ever ask, "Hey, have you seen my unicorn purse?" You can honestly say, "I don't know where it is." Because <laughs> Is it a landfill somewhere? I I have no idea. Where. I I don't know where that truck goes when it leaves the neighborhood. Yeah. So I don't got know me. where it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that is my advice. I and I've talked to another parent at my at my work, and she overheard me saying this to my boss, and she's like, she's got kids our kids' age, and she's like, oh yeah, definitely. You just, I do you it know. when they go to school. It's um totally yeah. I have, I kind of have seasons for it. It's like when fall gets here, mm, probably mm-hmm. a week or two in the school. I've, if I'm around the house and they're gone for a few hours, just start throwing things away. 
I, you, yeah, or I'll donate, but if it's substantial, but definitely I do go by the, like, if it's left out, I have one in the kitchen. I tell them all the time. I don't know why they still put stuff on the counters, but I say, guys, if you leave it on the counters, I'm just throwing it in the trash. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not even going to ask you about it. And right. then they'll still leave all their favorite things on the counter and I just drop, drop them right in the trash. Uh, it feels so good. <laughs> it, does, do it does. <laughs> you got to let off some steam and... And two, you know, sometimes, especially if you have a lot of kids like me, you're trying to organize your house totally, and you're yeah. trying to think like shelves and, you know, cubbies and all that. And the diagnosis is this. There's just too much stuff in the room. You, <laughs> you can't, there's only so many you cubbies. Homes for and, all yeah. Stuff. Like yeah. You, you accumulate things. And I tell them that it's like, yeah, just, you don't need 50 toys. You need two, maybe three yeah. if they're really good, mm -hmm. but you know, 47, 46 of them, they just got to go. And that is thanks to Walmart because sometimes you get a grandparent who just likes to shower the grandkid with gifts. Mm -hmm. And so rather than quality, they'll go for just something. They'll just a shotgun spread of nonsense. Yeah. And it all came from Walmart and Amazon. The Asians got that figured out on my wife's side. They just give you money. Okay. It That's makes useful. so much. Yeah. They give yeah. you a red envelope with cash in it. You're and excited to see it. The first time when we first started dating and I saw that as an American, it was a little weird. Like they just give you cash. I was like, this is such a good deal. Like totally. Yeah. And then Americans were like, we can't even do that. We have to buy a gift card. They've like you psychologically must. programmed yeah. us so much that yeah. it would make so much sense for me to go, here's 50 bucks. Happy birthday. Yeah. And instead you'll feel compelled to go, I got to get him a Bass Pro gift card. Exactly. And then I read a study. It's like 40% of all gift cards totally. get lost or never used. Yeah. It's such a scam. I actually met like a, a buddy of mine was working for the guy who invented whatever payment process those the gift cards oh. originally did. And he was building an entire golf course out in the middle of nowhere. Like he's a billionaire now. Yeah. He's But he, he figured that out or whatever the first one was. Mm -hmm. And it was such an easy sell because he went around to all these corporations. Just, he just showed him a graph like, yeah, 40% of this is just cash in your pocket. Yeah. You're never even going to cash it in. Yeah, you'll never lose. Yeah, yeah you'll, your inventory is going to stay in your store and other people will buy it. I'd like to yeah. see a study on that. I wonder how much ad revenue, like Amazon, Walmart, like these big companies- you mean for gift is cards? just gift cards yeah. and how much they make off of people just losing them or forgetting they have My them. My wife has a hard time making decisions. And so, yeah, she has a stack of them. Or how many do you get where it's like, you got a hundred dollar gift card and you go somewhere and then it's like, the, the, there's a $150 thing that you uh -huh. wouldn't normally have bought, but then you're like, oh, well- for sure. Or even yeah. a two, 300 that yeah. you go, I wouldn't have normally paid that, but yeah. since it's a hundred bucks off, mm -hmm. it's a win. Smart guy that thought of gift cards. Yeah, good thinking, Mister Gift Card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his golf course went under though, so I don't think he had super business savvy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> My advice was kind of wrapped into that. I've got to do the advice, so I'll forget by the next one. Okay, so my dad' advice was more about the dating. Um, when I first started dating my wife, we went somewhere and I learned really quick that she doesn't like beans. And so I took that to mean, oh, cool. Like I'll get all the beans, you know? <laughs> and then what happened was you get married and you're shopping together 
And then I went 10 years without ever eating beans because yeah. we just wouldn't buy beans because right. I'd always think, well, she's not going to eat them and I'm the only yeah. one. So it's it's the opposite. If you're thinking, I'm going to marry this person and I'll get all of the whatever. <laughs> no, you just won't ever get that again yeah. until you get like, I think I was 10 years into the marriage when I finally realized, screw it, I'm getting beans. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the only one that eats them, more beans for me. More beans. So more beans for me <laughs> that's another good uh t-shirt idea yeah more beans for me so that's my dad that's advice good. in a nutshell uh mine is i'll i'll vet it against you mine has to do with being a picky eater um i just to in my opinion i was born not a picky eater um but i was thinking about you can train that out of your kids and I know that to be true, at least with my own kids, because there was a window of time where my wife was working during the day and I was at home with the kids and they went from being picky eaters to not being picky eaters because whatever dad gives you for lunch, that's I what you're having them, for lunch. And I was not an ogre about it. I said, uh, what would you like for breakfast? They'd say oatmeal. And I would say, OK, this will be the next thing that you eat. So don't come back to me and say, actually, I want eggs because I want an empty bowl to show up here before yeah. I put eggs in it. Um, and I would even tell them, if I give you oatmeal and you decide you don't want it and you let it sit and get cold and cruddy, like, bring it back to me. I'll heat it up. I'll put more sugar on it. But you will eat the oatmeal next. That is what you're having. And they complied. And as long as you're consistent. Did you have with... to beat them very much? <laughs> I never did. I just. Thinking but... about our conspiracy for right, the day. Exactly. I, was wondering... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have to beat them. I just, you know, like a lot of these parenting books, if you just <laughs> are consistent, they will follow suit eventually. Um, and so, again, I, I think what got me thinking about that, a lot of our dad advice has to do with raising boys into young men. Um, and then maybe that's because we're dudes. So we want our dudes to be dudes. Like the kind yeah. of dude you want to be around. Yeah. And I don't know, have you ever been in a conversation where you'd be like, you'd really like my buddy, Teddy. He's awesome. Um, he doesn't like mayonnaise. Like as soon as I start telling you he's a picky eater, you start going, well, I'm not going to call him for help with anything. <laughs> and you imagine his handshake, you go, probably not real firm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, have you ever been in a group of people and there's like a new guy that shows up? Hey man, we're all going to get pizza. And the guy's like, oh, nothing spicy. Or I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, I, that's the, exactly. How do you know there's a vegetarian at your party? He'll tell you in the first five minutes. Yeah, that he's a vegetarian. All, like, do you know I, that? I, I mean, I do believe that a lot of that stuff is a life is 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 an identity crisis. It has nothing to do with diet. Yeah, I'm not I saying everybody. So. No, not everybody. I'm saying a lot of people. Even vegetarians I've listened to, mm -hmm. they'll tell you like in hindsight, they're like, I was brainwashed into thinking I was a part of something bigger than myself, and I, they'll change their entire diet and yeah. in some cases wreck their health mm -hmm. and the, they really regret it and they realize it's all psychological I had nothing to do with like yeah. the food not my everybody i know there's some people yeah, that have my health. wife has a legitimate medical yeah. condition and so she does have a food allergy and she hates going to a restaurant and having to tell the server like i'm sorry yeah it's an allergy not it's just like a, a peanut preference. allergy i mean you could it's die. that sort of yeah. thing yeah um but yeah my dad advice is do not if you can do anything to prevent your kids, especially your boys, from being picky eaters, do everything in your power to keep it from happening for two reasons. One, just simplifies your day-to-day -day life. It's ridiculous for you to be making six different breakfasts for your kids. You get control of the situation. Two, 
you do not want your young son who's seven, eight, nine right now to grow into the 18 year old boy that goes to meet a girl and has dinner with the parents. And then he goes, hey, actually, I don't like olives in my I salad. I don't like shrimp. <laughs> exactly. Can you devein this for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, if Jane brings home a picky eater boy one day, uh, I'm not going to be. It's not going to. I. That's. They can't complain about anything. No, you know what I mean? No. You want to date my daughter? You yeah. better pucker up and kiss my ass about everything <laughs> for at least like six months. I Great mean, burgers again, Mr. Schmitz. Yeah. yeah. Burnt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really like them. Well done. Like you do them. These are great. Uh, I thought about that. That would be a thing that maybe I'll do it here in the near future, but to develop a dad app for okay. like for like dating. It's like, so it's the dad app and then... Uh, so a guy wants to date my daughter and when he walks in the door, I just hand him the iPad and say, take, take this quiz. And it like covers like yeah. politics and religion and food and like sport, like all yeah. of it. And, and it like creates an immediate profile that they have, like they got to answer. And it's like, you're not going on a date if you don't fill out that questionnaire. Yeah. And then I get a, a, and you could even do it like trick questions, you know, or something. So you can mm -hmm. tell if they're BSing oh, you. Yeah, but sure. just even if you didn't get a profile that you loved, it would still just to really put them on edge. That'd be hilarious. Well, yeah. What came to mind is, is it important to you that he lines up with all the same things as you? Or I just is thought it... of an idea for the app. Okay. You could set it before you before you give it to them mm -hmm. to always fail <laughs> and like they get to the end and you've already decided as you're watching them fill it out nope <laughs> and then and then it's just big eh, eh, and you go there's the door buddy sorry you look at your daughter better luck you next time shrug your shoulders and just gets it's not me. I blame the app. Yeah, I didn't. He's he's a pedophile. Yeah. I don't know. Siri's the you. one that decided he's not the guy for you. I don't know what to say. Oh, I like the idea of tanking the quiz before he's done with it. <laughs> or maybe just make it so that it always fails no matter what. Yeah. And then they have to really, really beg. See how he handles. Maybe that's yeah. the maybe that's actually the test is how does he handle himself after he fails? Does he stick with it and yeah. look you in the eye and go? Mr. I lied Schmitz, on number I, 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. I lied on 12. Yeah. I'm Des, sorry. Despite the fact that I didn't do so well on this quiz, I'd really appreciate the opportunity to, to let's take do your this. Out. Let's do this. We got like yeah. uh, maybe four or five years. To, uh, my daughter. Yeah. We yeah. got to get on it. Get an app developer. <laughs> I'll start putting together a list of questions okay. and um, it can't be that hard. I'm sure I can find somebody in India to do it for cheap. The dad app. This is because of Sam Walton. That was your plan. I'm sure I can find something. Uh, yeah, there's me just sticking it to the middle, <laughs> middle class. Um, anyway, so now that's a nice transition to since we're talking about food, since we're talking about eating, yeah. to the the conspiracy topic of the day, which is uh, usually almost nine times out of ten, it's me. Like we're talking about conspiracies, and I go, "Well, what do you think about this? What do you think?" Mm -hmm. And usually, it's you have no idea what we're talking about, yeah. and I'm the one that's telling you like some crazy ass story about. Yeah. Some conspiracy. And this is one that you suggested, excuse me, ugh, soda water. Uh, you suggested to me, and I had never heard of it. It's yeah. uh, the first I'd ever heard That's of it like was the, when yeah, you Yeah, I got on the board. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited. But it's the Yellow Deli yeah. cult yeah. is the conspiracy we're talking about. My, uh, the owner of my gym, our instructor, Coach Matt, uh, last week, I usually don't show up that early for class, but I happened to that day. And here's why you do that folks is uh if you're not early you're late that's well that's one thing i've been tr i know i was late again today <laughs> we established but, that's not really your fault that... but 
the uh but i have been saying that to myself more and more lately if you're not early yeah. you're late um i, I bet to... i bet sam walton was like oh that. for sure the guy never and showed you up late know the guy that owns quick trip he's not a late guy he is on time by being 15 minutes ahead of time yeah. kind of guy um for those of you not from tulsa quick trip is bar none the best yeah they've dominated the gas station yeah. market around here it's the only well come and go come and, and go quick trip trying to move in but <laughs> if you tell somebody i work at a 7-eleven they go it's not yeah. going so well but if you tell them i got hired at quick trip they're like good for you well, yeah buddy. and that's yeah. that's just such good um i mean the idea the customer's always right actually is secondary Mm-hmm. I think for a good CEO, you're you have nothing without your staff. Mm-hmm. You have to have good mm-hmm. staff. So totally. you take yeah. you take care of your people, and then your people's attitude needs to be the customer's yes. always right. Yeah. But CEO is no, my people are what's most important. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and they do that at Quick Trip. It's a good it's a good paying job. It's a good place. It's, it's rough. I mean, oh yeah, they got That's a lot of homeless people at a lot yeah. of the. They, I mean, it's there's a lot of, you know, they still count your change back. Crimes to happen there. I mean, you have shootings and gas stations. Yeah. Less at Quick Trip than at others, I think. But um, so I'm at class early last week, and my coach says he was out of town. He's in uh, Palouska, Alabama, and he goes. Uh, we asked my wife's mother for suggestions on restaurants, and um, you know, it's a smaller town. It's the South, so it's kind of hit or miss. Some greasy spoons that are great, some that are not so great, but have survived just because they're in a small town, possibly. But she said, "You oh, you should try the uh, Yellow Deli Diner. That's a lot of people around here like that one. And he said, yeah, we went. Um, he said, like, this, I had the best waffle I've ever had in my life. It was delicious. Um, and he said, the, like, the interior design, it's like this cool kind of old farm industrial, cool iron work hmm. across the roofs. And but he the still, he didn't know what he was into? No, no. And then he said, I got a parfait. He said, the fruit was like very fresh and the presentation was way better than you would expect in this small town you know like the fruit was placed very you know like they really took a lot of pride in it and this he just was blown away by how good this restaurant was and uh i guess after they left they were just googling about it kind of going like maybe there are more of those you know in other towns we're going to be traveling oh, to. there are yeah <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's yeah it's the yellow deli diner is owned by a group called the 12 tribes which many people accuse of being a cult um and the parfait the fruit from that parfait was grown at one of their farms so this is hmm. uh this is a commune with many locations uh, or communities, what they call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they grow their own fruits and vegetables. I think they grow their own wheat. They have uh, a chain of bakeries called the Common Ground It's kind of like the like the Amish, you know, like yeah. they have like Amish, yeah. but the smaller, uh-huh. but like also they beat their kids. Yes. <laughs> oh, also when I was researching this, you know, it's, okay, I'm going to rant for a second Go about ahead, other yeah. podcasts. Like, um... There was a podcast I'm so glad about, you're about this. To do this. They were and and they they start to talk about a, a subject that involves uh, child abuse, and they p- stop everything for a trigger warning to anyone watching the podcast. And when I was tr- trigger warnings weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. Did anyone ever give you a trigger warning in your entire <laughs> life growing up? And now it's like every time they're going to say something, I'm n- I'm never going to give a trigger warning on this podcast or any other podcast. 
because I'm a grown up and I can talk <laughs> about serious issues without, I mean, I, I just don't understand that. You know, do I have a responsibility to go, if you don't want to hear something disturbing, don't mm -hmm. listen to this podcast. Yeah, you're right. Just I, I turn it off. Yeah. yeah like yeah. as the second you don't like what I'm saying, just don't listen to yeah, it. That's fine. Yeah. But I guess the idea is that it's too late then. They've already been triggered oh, you, and they're already crying on the floor. Their poor little ears. Injecting heroin in their arm or yeah. something terrible oh, because and it's all because I just said something. You're I don't right. get I don't get that. There are an inordinate amount of bad podcasts about this subject. Hopefully we won't be considered amongst them, but um I did find a really good series on them good well that the one, one does the give one, the trigger warning the one that the one that i listened to it was wasn't bad it's just uh, I, the idea of doing a trigger warning i guess if you're going to say something or sh more like if you were going to show something shocking i would that would make sense to yeah. like warn people mm -hmm. i'm not going to call it a trigger warning though <laughs> it's just something about yeah. trigger trigger you're warning. Right. i don't like the phrase be a grown-up and decide for yourself yeah. Like, just don't listen to it. So we're going to talk about uh, beating kids. So Yeah, well, that'll uh, that'll come up. Yeah, If you don't want to hear about it, there you go. Beating kids and lying and, uh, and good. But so like uh, Scientology, a lot of the things that happen in Scientology, it's pretty easy to go, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -mm. You're not going to hand me soup cans to, you know, read my thoughts. Um. But some of the podcasts I listened to on this one, they'd go, well, they were very strict with their kids. They expect them to do what they say the first time and obey immediately. <laughs> and I was like, well, that sounds pretty good, actually. Um, we could use a little more of that. Other, yeah, exactly. There was, I have a full, I have a, like a list of bullet points of like things I would like about being yeah. part of the 12 tribes. Um, I thought the same thing. Yeah. It's also, okay we're old enough that when we i think when we were like young and i went to public schools when i was young mm -hmm. and um they would still spank kids you get in trouble you go to the principal they would pull out a ruler and hit you with yeah. it mm -hmm. i mean that was not that long ago no i mean we were towards the end of it i think i'm not saying that's a good thing i think there is more research now on Yes, hitting kids, especially young boys, can be really, it can actually, there's actually a genetic component to it where it's like there's some people with, a, it's that fight or flight gene, and it can activate a gene in young oh. boys, like PTSD kind of thing okay. that can can make Can it, it make them be more prone Yeah, more violence? violent. Yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah. think so. In, uh, back in the 80s, what, what are you going to do? I but, can see how it would, uh, well, I just, I just uh, went through a study on the, uh, Martyr Maid did a really good podcast on uh, the Newark riots. It was race riots. And the thinking behind that was that the the black culture there had been treated so poorly that their only logic was just to lash out. I mean, on their own neighborhoods, mm -hmm. this place they live. But it was just such a nihilistic take on what was going on that, that burning, on, burning down buildings in their own neighborhood and, you know, torching cars and things in their own neighborhood was just like the only like reaction they could come up with they were that fed up and i could see if you're a boy coming of age and the only thing you've learned is if you don't like how things are going hit that person I'm like well yeah it stands to reason you might just take that action every time you're unhappy with how things are going yeah so well it's also crowd mass hypnosis yeah, kind of yeah, thing it and, can get real nasty um people uh People becoming violent because the crowd is encouraging mm -hmm. them to become violent. So anyway, I digress. Let's uh, let's get some history on the uh, the twelve tribes. 
yeah. who ran, started and continued to run the Yellow right. Deli Diners. Um, it started with Gene. Is that right? The guy's yeah, name? That's what right. was his I was last looking name? for his name. I had it right in front of me. He began it back in the early 72 70s. 72 is the beginning. So uh, this guy had a, I'm not going to get too much into his upbringing. If you're that interested, you can research him. He was an American dude who was growing up in the 60s and in the early 70s. Uh, he's traveling with at a he's at a carnival or he's traveling with a carnival. Um, the story goes according to him that God told him like, look at all this nonsense here. Like, you know, we need to fix this. You and me, Gene. Gene Spriggs is his name. Um, so Gene starts a fundamentalist Christian movement. Um, and he gets very involved with uh, the first Presbyterian church. Um. Where is that? Members of the Light Brigade. Well, if he's uh, affiliated with the First Presbyterian Church, where was that? I apologize for not having the town they were in because there are many First Presbyterian Chattanooga, churches. Chattanooga, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe you're right. Um, I know that the splitting point for them at their Presbyterian Church was the church canceled the service for the Super Bowl and yeah, he got yeah. all uppity about it and was like, well, you guys aren't Christian enough. That's it, pretty canceling because of the super bowl though that is that is pretty strange See, as a protestant i'm kind of like yeah you know it's super bowl as a cat like <laughs> catholics never gonna cancel. Okay, i mean yeah. people have asked me i think protestants friends have asked about like mass times and like it's like no the times are the times there's the reason you have a rectory which is the house that the priest lives in uh -huh. the reason it's right next to the church is he has no excuse except to walk out uh -huh. and walk i guess if he here. slips on the sidewalk and That's cracks only, his head yeah. maybe you're not gonna have mass but you're having mass no matter what yeah. you know what Come i mean hell or high water yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i could see being a serious christian yeah. and going you're really going to cancel for the super yeah. bowl i would agree with that i i get it at the same time, I go like, well, take it easy, Gene. Um, but it's consistent at least with his other tenets of his belief system. His group of followers, they start a group called The Vine. Um, and the idea behind it was just that the society was getting too materialistic, uh, getting too corrupted. Because of Sam. Because of Sam. <laughs> Walmart was starting around this time. Yeah, yeah, they're blowing um, up. And, you know, you think you're coming off of the 60s, the free love movement, um, and also space races just finishing up. Allegedly. We had, we had just landed on the moon many times, <laughs> as far as we knew. Um, but, you know, this is where a lot of people are looking for spirituality. Early 70s, people are burned out from the 60s. Uh, and so the Jesus freak movement is starting to pick up. And... Uh, this group called the vine was more of a like i think pretty consistent with what is more along the lines of what jesus talks about like take up your yeah. cross and follow me give up he he who gives up his life will gain it that sort of an mm -hmm. idea or like there's the parable about um the the rich young man or the young man that says i'm going to follow you jesus and jesus says okay well come with me now mm -hmm. and the guy says i can't um, well i got to yeah. go bury my dad first and mm -hmm. actually just recently I heard it explained like it wasn't so much that this guy in the parable needed to go bury his dad like his dad died yesterday. What What's implied there, if you look deeper into that that passage of scripture, is like 
it wasn't I need to bury my dad who was just who just passed away. It was more like I need to go back, carry all my dad's lawn business, wait for him to yeah. pass away. After I bury him, I'll come join back up with you. So, um, but Gene Spriggs was more like, no, we are giving up our stuff. We're not going to read magazines. We're not going to listen to the radio. We're not going to have TV. We're going to have, have like a He's like an anti-Walmart. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so this is like, I was talking with a buddy about this. There are things about this quote unquote cult that like, well, me not having a lot of experience with it, I go, I can kind of get where I'd, I'd buy into this, at least mm -hmm. at the surface level. I go, yeah, I, I see where if they told me, hey, you want to join our group? Um, one of the things they tell new prospective members is uh, we're all going to be a commune. We're all going to work together. So that means you're going to sign over all your assets to us. So at first you're kind of like, oh, hey, wait a minute. So I'm going to sell my house. And but that is, there's a lot of ways that's biblical. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But then also they say to the you young prospective member, um, you have debt. And you go, oh, well, yeah, I did just sign a car note a year ago. So I still got quite a bit left on that. They go, no problem. Our commune will take care of that too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're signing over all your stuff. But with that, it's the good and the bad. When I heard too, that was part of the success of oh, the I'm deli sure. was no one's getting paid a wage. Right. Yeah. And they were saying like, everyone was an owner. So when uh -huh. you're, when you're serving, when you're cooking, all of that stuff, every person involved, they're, they're approaching it like, like just with a different mindset. I'm oh, not, absolutely. I'm not working. Yeah. I don't have a boss. Mm -hmm. I, I'm my own boss, I yeah. guess, or Jesus is my boss yeah. and my commandment from jesus is make really nice sandwiches yeah and, do your best you know yeah. there are a lot of instances when i was researching this where i found things like you know i was saying my coach said oh is this beautiful ornate ironwork on the roof and everything and it's because the 12 tribes own um not only do they own like a multi-million construction business but also like a restoration and uh like a refurb business mm. so they would reclaim copper and iron and things from buildings that had burned down or been demolished. And the men of the community learn how to work iron, learn how to work leather, learn how to do all of these things. So like I looked up the location in Alabama that my coach went to, and it's a beautiful building from the outside. <laughs> like it looks really good. And so that's not that different. It's like a, that's like a, like a micro, like if you look at the way the Catholic Church, like in Europe, and like a lot of the the cathedrals and the the greatest you know buildings of mm -hmm. human history, I guess, you know, um, I don't think they were quite like in a commune, but the idea that like entire cities were as Christians were banding together to build these structures, they're 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 operating on a level that's much higher than this is my wage yeah. job. It's no, this is a cathedral to the Lord, and I I have the honor to help build it. You know what I mean? And so yeah, the right. the putting your back into it and really also doing it right, like do sparing no expense, creating you know yeah. something that's uh you know it's for God. It's not for you know my boss. Similar kind of vibe. Yes, I think that's true. Um, just taking pride in all of the things and that. Like another thing you'll see a lot if you get start looking into this is like the long hours that they work and the tremendous amount of work that they do. Mm -hmm. I and mean, it's like a six days a week, you're doing it for the cause. There's a Latin phrase that the Benedictines had is ora et labora. It's like pray and work. Yeah. And that's that was like the Benedictine 
way. That's what they did is pray and work. And they, it's, it is a lot like that, like for, for monks and like, yeah, I think there's a lot of religious organization, Christian or religious organizations that would have a really similar take on maybe, maybe being tied to a larger church helps, but what they're doing though is the same as mm -hmm. far as, you know, pray and work. Yeah. You it's... can get a lot done if that's all you're doing. <laughs> Not, if you're not, not listening watching to these, TV. You no, know, we're yeah. listening to some stupid podcast. It's, <laughs> maybe you maybe you listen to the stupid podcast while you're working. Yeah, well, you could do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've got uh, one of the things that that diner does is it's not only it's a revenue stream for the 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 community, um, but it's also an or an opportunity for them to evangelize. Mm -hmm. they get this I was going to ask yeah. about your coach. Did they try to bring him in? No. And they... I talked to another friend of mine. Um, he's a buddy of mine that he trains at that gym, but he's also my neighbor. And he goes, he's from Southern California. So he's been to the location in Vista, California, which is like San Diego area. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, it's like widely known that that's a cult there. Um, and he goes, but it's also widely known that the food is excellent. <laughs> so you just know when you go that that's what that is. And I, I said, yeah, I said basically what you just asked. Do they, do they do any weird stuff, give you a tract or anything like that? He goes, no, no. I mean, if you go to one of their, what they call a family dinner, that's when they start kind of like trying to reel you in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But at the diner, it's more of a just, you know, public facing. Well, and how, how big... Like, how big does a, a, a denomination have to get before it's, well, it's not a cult. Now it's, yeah, it's a religious. Right. And how long does it need to be around? Yeah. And yeah. Who, who says, like, who's making this call? Like, who's who's well, deciding what's a, what's a cult and what's not a cult? My mom asked me, like, she'd never heard of this before either. And so she said, well, why is it a cult? Because what we've talked about, hardworking, praying, communal living, yeah. farming, raising do they, kids. Do they... And, strongly discourage people from leaving that's that's, that's where it starts culty. to get culty is two two or three things one thing that jumped out to me pretty early on is um i'm always pretty suspicious of a group that when they're bringing you in they don't give you all of their belief system yeah up front. yeah we were kind of talking about that before with like scientology yeah or scientology is a great example of, of you know like um let me be clear when i say like catholicism i mean they're transparent with like, if you want to get into what Catholics believe that's accessible now, whether you've become a member of the church or not. Whereas with Scientology and with the 12 tribes, you don't get the whole deal. Um, you get kind of some tertiary mm -hmm. level information. And like, if you go to, uh, what is it? 12 tribes.org. I went ahead and yeah. 12 spelled out the word 12. Uh, instead of the number mm. 12 12 tribes.org they've got a you know a chunk of their website on their beliefs um which is a lot of what we just described you know jesus's idea of a real apostle or a, a would you say apostolic a, yeah that's the word i was looking for yeah good catholic <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't get the ick on the end of apostle um they call jesus joshua um, Yeshua. Yeshua, yeah. Um, my point being, if you go to their belief system here, there's no mention of like, also there's a manual on how to beat your kids. So <laughs> what I'm saying is any belief system and group that doesn't tell you everything up front, 
I think is culty. I'd agree uh, with that. Yeah. Another one is when they start saying, I, I agree, limit your consumption of media, social media, you know, screen time. We talked about that before radio, television. Um, and like you mentioned not long ago, like that's just other things telling you your brain what mm -hmm. to do. And that can be relaxing to some degree, but you need to exercise your brain. And so there's a lot of merit in just spending time in the afternoon chopping branches and, you know, moving logs around and just doing that in the silence, the kind of meditation that comes with that. Um, but again, what they don't tell you is like they they discourage contact with your family and with your friends that are not members of the community. So they slowly start isolating you. And again, they, they limit your availability. And that's another, like, um, with Scientology, we talked about totally. that. Is it definitely yeah, yeah. a sign of if, a cult is if they're trying to if they start get you away from off, your family. Yeah, if they start cutting you off from your friends and family, that's a cult move. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing, the, one of the things that struck me is I was listening to an interview with a woman who said uh, she was drawn into it because there were second generation members, which is... I thought that's the opposite reason I would be interested. She thought, oh, well, this is cool. People are raising their kids here. And I was like, well, yeah, but the kids don't really get any kind of a choice. They, Yeah, but it could also be like, well, how bad could they be if people could, want yeah. to stay? I see. You know? I saw where she was coming from. I think it's more along the lines of what you're saying, where they go, well, they trust this place enough to have their kids in this environment and have kids here. Um Speaking of having kids. This, I was going to say, let's get into the controversy. So what's yeah. the... What's the uh, there was a lawsuit or they're like law enforcement got involved with this at some point because they had issues with kids being abused. Yeah. There've been accusations of child abuse. Um, and then, like I said, I anecdotally, I heard comments about a manual on how to beat your kids. The inter same interview with the woman that was talking about, she felt good about this environment because there were second generation members there. Um, her and her husband happened to be pregnant with their third child at the time that they joined the community. Mm -hmm. And the husband was like, it was pretty strange. They gave us like a 300 page manual after this third child was born on how to rear the kids. And that was more hmm. explicit on like very stern raising. Um, when that was another issue too, not just so really strict on kids, you know, using, you know, beatings and things like that to, to, at a young age, but then also very anti-medical care. Yes, right. They really yeah. didn't, uh, like, they really discouraged any kind of medical intervention exactly. unless it was, like, life-threatening, serious, serious. The impression I got was it's less of a mystical thing, like, oh, you need to, you know, have your spirituality correct, and that will get you through. This was more of a, like, well, as soon as you go into the hospital for a broken arm, you're on the grid, and they start well, asking questions. I don't know. That's not. I, I listened to an interview with um, one of the uh, f former founder okay. who left. Yeah. And he did say that their first line of uh, inquiry would be like likened to an, a, a confession. Like you're not feeling well. First thing you need to go talk to an elder. And what have you been doing? Mm -hmm. Like, like you've been. You must be sinning, and that yeah. is the the, yeah. the cause of your illness. And. Um, which is very strange. I mean, but but then, yeah, also, I think later on what you're saying, when it started to be, they were getting, you know, too much attention from law enforcement mm -hmm. about 
you know, uh, abuse cases than it was keeping off the radar. But I think it was also, they just, he said that they believed if someone was sick, they would just pray for them and they would get better. And if they didn't get better, that was probably God's will, their fault, yeah. you know, cause they yeah, did something. Was an account of a kid falling off of a, their bunk bed and, you know, nursing their arm like a kid would if they maybe broke it. And the dad is going to the elders going, I got to get her to a hospital. This is crazy. I don't know if maybe she hurt her neck, her arm, but she seems to be in a lot of pain. And the elder says to him like, well, if it's God's will that she broke her arm, I mean, what are you going to do? It's God's will. And Jeez. That's, that's another one of those, like one of the, one of the comments I heard somebody make when they were referring to cult uh, members was like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like make fun of the victims, which surface level, I go, you're right. You shouldn't, you know, belittle the victims. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, well, but also you're a grown up and you're a parent. You should have the presence of mind to go. Yeah. Well, we're leaving now Yeah, and we're going to go to the hospital and don't contact me anymore. Um, part of the problem though, is if you have a kid that fell off the bunk bed, maybe broke their arm. I go to you, you're the elder, you go, mm, don't go to the hospital. Um, and I go, well, I'm leaving. The elders kind of like, okay, well, good luck. Cause we have all your money. So yeah. how are you going to get around? And are you going to go get an apartment or how, what's going to happen now? They're holding you hostage. Yeah. yeah like you, you volunteered everything over to them and you don't have, that was one of the things I heard more than once referring to this was people that want to leave find themselves in this position where they don't really have any work history that they can put on a resume. They don't have any resources to start a new life. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you know, I made a comment earlier about they take on your debt. Well, the, and the, the account that I heard earlier was the guy said, well, part of what was appealing about it is like, I had a little bit of student loan debt. And when I left the cult, I found out they don't actually pay that debt. It just, you stop paying it and you get out. If you get out, you find out, oh, I've defaulted on these loans and now I owe exponentially more no. than I did. So not only am I in a position where I can't earn as much as I That's would have. That's pretty wicked. Yeah. So they intentionally wrecked his credit yeah. so that he couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. That's cult. Yeah, that's pretty messed that's up. Yeah. That was, uh, and that was referring, he was pretty upset because they were selling a large piece of property with tons of industrial farming equipment and all of these things. And when you refer to all of these members considering themselves like part owners of this stuff, mm -hmm. this guy's like, well, not only did you guys wreck my credit and rack it up higher, now you're not cutting me a deal on part of this barn that I helped build. I'm not even in a position to come back and get that, you know? So lots of, I mean, just like a lot of these things we get into, there are plenty of, like, if you want to find bad news about a particular group that's accused of being a cult, you can you can find it. Um, but those are the few things, like I said, cutting you off from your friends and family, not giving you their belief system up front and whole, being transparent, um, and then also making it hard for you to leave. Those are the things where I go, those are what, to me, are like some defining characteristics of not just a hippie commune, but an actual cult. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me, we'll, and we'll podcast about this one later, but um, I think in that time frame, because a lot of the legal stuff was probably in the 90s, is that right? Yeah. When they started to get into it. And it made me think immediately of the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. Yeah. And yeah. 
I think in the zeitgeist of like that era, there mm -hmm. was a lot of um, the government, especially like, you know, agencies, there was this push to like any right wing, like conservative Christians were being demonized mm -hmm. a, a lot. And that I, you know, my opinion with the Waco thing, I think that um, David Koresh was probably a really bad guy and doing bad things, but you have an image in your head of when just saying cult. You immediately think sure, yeah. David Koresh. You immediately mm -hmm. think Ruby Ridge or I don't know, Ruby Ridge, but you think about that right wing, uh, you know, militant kind of yeah. attitude. But then if you actually go and research, like, like some of these people, like, yes, maybe there was like a handful of elders at the top of this, you know, 12 tribes that were tyrants who were being really manipulative and bad. But, every, you know, a lot, all these other people are probably amazing people. With, you know, great Christians and good, just trying to live a good Christian life. Uh, and same thing with Branch Davidians. Like, if you research them, it's like they're educated. They're, you know, multiracial people from all around the world wanting to, you know, just really wanting to follow Jesus and, and read the scriptures. And they happen to have a bad guy in the mix mm -hmm. and charge. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. But I think, I wonder if how much that that um played into them being kind of demonized or kind of yeah you know just negative bad, bad press is what I i'm saying there you is know? a lot of that um and that came up in some of the research i was looking into also is like there were times where law enforcement shied away from pursuing some of these child abuse allegations and um like you know also they got kind of because they didn't want another waco situation exactly yeah. right yeah like you said a lot of this stuff came up in the 90s you know in the wake of a ruby ridge and of a Waco situation where the, yeah, the, the law enforcement was like, uh, we've already tried going to knock on the door of these places and that can get dicey real quick. So, you know, look, they're not bothering anybody. Let's leave them alone. Um, and it is kind of like a, he said, she said thing. One of the, uh, the good podcasts I found, um, called inside the tribe. That's like a 12 part series by an Australian fella. Um, and that's probably the best one I found that's like an in-depth, if you want to know um, and get accounts from actual members, that's mm -hmm. a good one to look into, Inside the Tribe. Um, but that one was, towards the end of that series, they're playing clips from like the Jerry Springer show of, you know, a former member saying, I can't get my kids back. And then members of the community on the same panel going... Well, she abandoned her kids. She just left them with us while she was out, you know, living a promiscuous life. And meanwhile, I'm listening to this, listening to Jerry Springer chime in here and there. And I just thought, well, I don't, I don't believe any of you. Yeah. Because you're on Jerry Springer. So I don't know. Did you know he died a few months ago? I don't think I did know. Yeah. That, yeah. We live in a world with no Jerry Springer now. So. Well, he, man, he did something. God, yeah. I mean, that was the 90s. Actually, he was king. Yeah, and I feel like we really grew up, when you talk about luckiest time in the universe, I remember growing up watching daytime television and seeing the arc of him go from pretty legitimate panel talk show host, uh -huh. having like pretty regular Oprah-style interviews, to like jello fights on the stage. Like <laughs> There was a weird, you know, even as a teenager, I was recognizing like, this is getting out oh, of Oh, he got crazy. <laughs> I mean... This, if you've never watched Jerry Springer, go watch reruns on YouTube. Oh I mean, my he he just yeah he just had to keep turning the needle up. Yep, mm -hmm. and it got it was just incrementally crazier and crazier till 
even I think his it was funny his he had, he would on stage he would always have a bodyguard. I yeah. forget the guy's name. Yeah. Bald guy, with but the he black ended up polo. becoming so popular. He had his own spinoff yes. show. Yeah, and yeah. who knows? Maybe he it was, was good. Yeah, he was a a mainstay of that show. Yeah, because he'd come out and break up the fighting moms <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, well, it's the nineties. Yeah, this is different crazy time. time. But we, I mean. Um, can we, is that kind of wrap it up on Yellow Pretty Deli? It's, it's, the, uh, they, they still operate. They don't call themselves uh, the 12 tribes though, right? Well, the, yeah. You know, the they 12 tribes org is still a live website. They have a page full of podcasts that I did not find the time to get into. Um, I heard that the fidelity, like the sonic quality of those product, those podcasts are not great. But if you're no, if you're like I am and you seem to be, there's a little bit of me that's like, well, maybe these people just get in a bad shake. I mean... Oh, I'm or, sure they were. Yeah. There, there are a couple of accusations and accounts of, um, like children, like stillborn babies that were not reported, that were like buried mm. on the property, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if that's you know, but it's kind of like, okay, so because I sing at church, I I've sang at a lot of funerals, mm -hmm. and I'm friends with the guy that runs the funeral, mm -hmm. one of the big funeral homes around here. Yeah. And he's a really funny guy. And like, we, it's, it's like, uh, I always joke cause they'll always pay me a stipend, but he'll, he'll, he'll ask me like people I don't even know. He'll say, can you come sing? At, and I'm always telling him like, cause he always asks, well, what do you charge? And I always say, yo, know, for, for funeral, it's like, whatever they yeah. just like, yeah. if they, I tell him if they got 10 bucks, it's 10 bucks. If they got 500 bucks and they want to give you whatever, but yeah. I'm not, there's no price, just whatever they want to say. But, uh, when I get home, <laughs> I always joke about it with the kids and I got, I got that funeral money. <laughs> See, you didn't give the trigger warning on that. <laughs> that funeral money. But my point was you can't, just die like the funeral business no offense to my buddy but it is a, oh. they'll even tell you it's a racket yeah. like they've yeah. they've structured it in a way where it's like if you said i just want to be put in a coffin and buried in my backyard like every american did for you know 200 yeah. years in this yeah. country where everybody did for like all of human history yeah, right and they go no 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 no, no. no. you we, need at least five thousand dollars you yeah. can't you cannot you can't get in the ground die. for any less yeah. than five thousand dollars and you go well that's do yeah. I have to do that? And same thing, I think, with you know some of these situations where maybe the mother wanted to just bury her child sure. in the back yeah. pasture and she didn't want to go to a funeral home yeah. and pay all this money and do all. And then you, then I think like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, like that's was, yeah, you're right. It's depending on the lens you're looking through, which is kind of back to the beginning of this conversation in in terms of what's this podcast about. I enjoy this element of it, of it where I'm going. Sometimes it's fun to like, I mean, Scientology, that story is so wild that you go like, okay, they're clearly nuts and, you know, too many skeletons in their closet. This is one where there's a case to be made for like, well, they, in some levels seem to be pretty open. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they have restaurants open to the public that you can go to and they won't kidnap you. Maybe it was just growing pains. You Could know, every that. cult yeah. goes through its time. Yeah. Where it's just like, you're going to make some bad decisions, weather the storm, mm -hmm. and eventually you'll become like the next Latter-day Saints or the next, you know, yeah. Amish or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want to, the next thing. So, I mean. The next heresy is what I'm trying yeah, to say. <laughs> there are plenty of accounts of bad situations where a dad gets, uh, you know, he 
he has a falling out with the community and he leaves and then cannot access his family. You know, they move the Do you think they the haven't kids. instituted changes since these issues? Like they still operate with these kind of very strict cult like rules? Um, yeah, I mean, this was at least within the last ten years. Okay, the story this guy was telling. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't get the community that he went to, like the location, the branch he was mm -hmm. at, the franchise. Um, he left. He had a falling out with the group, and then he wanted to swing by and see his wife and kids six, twelve months later, and whoever he was in contact with there said, uh, "Now's not a good time," and then he did a little more prodding to come by and see them found out that that his wife and kids were no longer at that location they'd been moved to another one but they that the 12 tribes yeah. were going to tell him where his family was now the, Back i only to your heard point, his account. though at some point you're a man who left his wife and kids yeah you right, know what i mean yeah. how did that yeah well you know Back when you said "till death do us part," you didn't really take it that seriously, and now you're, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, which is it's what not the... like you just woke up and all of a sudden yeah. this happened to you. Mm -hmm. um, you could call the police if that was the case, but yeah, right. I agree. There, this is this was a good exercise in like kind of playing devil's advocate in a lot of these scenarios, and that's a great example. You go, well, you you just left. If you really thought it was that dangerous, would you, you... take them with you? Yeah. yeah. And, anyway, yeah, so pretty again, there are plenty of web holes you can get into. I think that inside the tribe, where's the closest good, one to Tulsa that we could go eat at? Uh, Kansas has uh, not only I think they have a yellow deli in near Kansas City, uh, that Pulaski, Alabama is one of the closer ones. There's not one in Arkansas, I just lived near Bentonville. <laughs> See if you missed it. We stopped on um, the way back in Siloam. Uh, Asylum Springs, remember? Yeah. We oh, used yeah. to have good times there. Yeah. And uh, long ago, uh, Kathy's Corner, we ate there on the way. Like, uh -huh. it was yellow. And that's why I was like, I think oh, in my, funny. as I was listening, researching this, and it was packed. And it was one of those like mom, like hole in the wall, but like everybody in West Siloam is over there eating lunch. Let's and it was see. good. I've got the map. The, the 12tribes.org. See, that's one of the things, like when you go, are they a cult? Are they not? They're pretty open about that they own these Yellow Deli restaurants, like on the 12tribes.org. It doesn't seem like that. That seems like this. they're saving grace. That's not the point of controversy. It's the beating the kids and yeah, yeah. separating that's... the families that people don't like. They they, <laughs> they like the food. No, and that's, they, If that... anything, the more that they say that they run the Yellow Delis, the better off You're they're right. going to be. Yeah, good point. Yeah. That's the the feds would definitely have broken them down if they did not if have such good sandwiches. <laughs> but uh, the the feds agree. Uh, the uh, the deli is fantastic. Uh, so the maps acting up on me, but up towards we'll, Kansas we'll, City is Kansas the, City. We'll, one we'll, of the we'll keep ones, that yeah. in mind. Well, thank you, Dave, for the uh, amazing uh, new conspiracies idea topic to cover. Yellow yeah. Deli cult, um, twelve tribes. And uh, hopefully we can go road trip up there and get some food. You know, another way you can catch them is uh, music festivals. Mm. They not only do Yellow Deli, but they do food trucks, which is another Even way. Even like that secular they... music oh, festivals. Yeah. yeah, they because that's how they'll snatch up those ah, that these makes kids sense. that are you know just you getting get out of their house. Wayward, yeah, exactly. Lost, yeah, looking for yeah, looking looking for meaning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Conspiracy Dad podcast. Please like, subscribe, share, do all the things that you guys do to spread the show if you like it. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening and joining in. We'll see you guys next time.